War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah or its athletic programs. The views and opinions expressed on the War Party U weekly podcast are those of War Party U and War Party U alone. Go Utes! This is War Party U. Go Utes! This is War Party U. What's shaking, Ute Nation? This is Matty Aces and War Party U Weekly Podcast. Joining me, as always, Michelle Bodkin and Ryan Boyce. Say it with me, Ute Nation. Back-to-back Pac-12 South champs. Got a nice ring to it. That is right. The Utes destroyed Colorado on Saturday night on a cold one at Rice-Eccles. What a great time, what a great tailgate, final tailgate of the year, and just like that, the regular season is history. 12 games played, 12 games in the books, Utah ends up at 11-1, and and looking for more. Bringing on the Oregon Ducks, Friday in Santa Clara for the Pac-12 title. Rose Bowl on the line, but wait, there's more. Utes are up to number five in the latest college football playoff poll, which means there is a good shot that if Utah handles our business on Friday, it could be playoff time. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've got a lot to go over on this edition of War Party U, the final regular season review. Ah, can't believe it's over already, but it's not over. But, you know, the tailgate part of it. We've had such a great time this season, mixing it up at the tailgates. Seven home games did not suck. And the next time we will be gathering at the Guardsman lot will be September 5th, 2020, as the Utes prepare to welcome in, I don't know, some, who do we play? Oh, that's right. It's a bye. Oh, no, it's a BYU. Sorry. You know, it's a funny difference. What a difference one vowel makes, right? Ten will be coming. But let's dig in. Let's get it on, and, and, and you know what? Let's enjoy this. So buckle up. Hold on to your butts. Here comes War Party You. Welcome back in, Matty Aces, War Party U, joined by Michelle and Ryan, and thoroughly enjoying how this season has progressed and ended. One lone blemish, shat the bed at USC, but man, ever since that game, 
This team has been dialed in, laser-focused, and just destroying teams. Just not even, I mean, afterthought, man. Straight, just annihilating. The The line came out on that Colorado game, 28 and a half, and it's like, man, that's a big spread. And, of course, you beat it. It was a cold one. Although, you know what, throughout, throughout the afternoon at the tailgate lot, Man, the sun was out a lot of the time. It wasn't necessarily frigid. The wind wasn't blowing. It wasn't snowing. So really, you know, it's it, it, you can't complain. I mean, it's, it's November 30th. It's going to be cold in Salt Lake City. That's just how it shakes. And God, was it a great afternoon. The Shasta crew and Mr. Albert Gamboa cooked up some smoked pork ribs. And man... Those things were so good. They may be some of the best ribs I've had in my life. And yeah, I'm biased. But wow, they certainly tasted delicious. Saw a bunch of Colorado fans at the tailgate. They were cool. Invited them in. Fed them. Gave them them some liquor. And then gave them an ass kicking. Which is just kind of par for the course this year. Welcome them in with open arms at the tailgate. And then thoroughly pummel them inside the stadium. I like that trend. I really, that's, you know what? I'm cool with that. Pig bus, man. They had a bison pastrami that was to die for. Man, I ate so much at that tailgate. I'm still digesting it, man. I got the meat sweats, I think, from from all of that. But boy, was it worth it. Um, Just a great time all around. And you know... You just try to soak it all in, you know, knowing all day long, this is it. This is it for the, this is the last home tailgate for the year. So you try to take it a little bit slower, but man, boy, did Ute fans come through for senior day. You know, the frenetic pace of breaking down those tailgates and the fact that, man, the stadium was getting filled right there and seriously was such a great time. And, you know... Honoring those seniors before the game, I'm not going to lie, I got a little emotional, man, because of what this senior class means to this school, this program, and the future of Utah football. How many of these seniors could be making bank in the league this year, but came back so that they could play exactly where they're going to be playing on Friday? Uh, you know, to, 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 to avenge last year's loss in the title game uh, and secure... That, that ticket to, to the Rose Bowl or maybe more. We'll see how things shake out. It's looking looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. So, you know, joining the procession of red clad in various stages of, of inebriation fans, some stone sober, some on... <coughs> excuse me, on the... <coughs> yikes. Pardon that. Some on the polar opposite end of the spectrum of Stone Sober. And a lot in between. I found myself somewhere in between. And found myself uh, sitting on the east side, southeast side in the sliver of, of, of benches between the muss. And then uh, there's the gap in the stadium and then the band. So sandwiched right in there. Great vantage point. The muss brought it, man. The muss brought it all night. But I love the the fact that, you know what, being on that end of the stadium just gave me an even greater appreciation. As if I didn't have a great level of appreciation already 
for the sheer wall of noise that projects from the north end zone. Once again, I need to give the north props. North end zone brings that shit every game. And regardless of what the rest of the stadium looks like or sounds like, you can bet your bottom dollar that the north end zone is going to be packed, rowdy, and loud as hell. So north end zone, you get my game ball. The fan game ball goes to the north end zone for bringing it week in, week out, getting loud, getting crazy, and being just what being a Utah fan is all about once you get in that stadium. Utes got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, your first quarter didn't score. Colorado uh, went down. You know, it only took about it took about a five minute drive. Went 62 yards for a, for a touchdown. Went up seven nothing. So end of one quarter, Colorado's got the lead. But of course, then the rest of the game happened. Brant Keithy, 38 yard touchdown catch. Brant Keithy, seven yard touchdown catch. And then Jaden Redding, hey man, doing what is asked. 23 yard field goal up through the uprights. Halftime comes around, Utes are up 17 7. We're all feeling pretty good. Third quarter, Devin Brumfield gets into the mix with a, yard, with, with a one yard plunge. Utes up 24 7. And then something we've been waiting for all year long, man. Because not having Britton Covey in the, in the return game has, has hurt a little bit. But Damari Simpkins on senior day. 66 yards to the house. And man, dude put on some sick moves and then just got to the sideline and turned on the afterburners. And watching him scamper away from my end of the stadium was sweet, man. It was very sweet. So after three, Utes up 31-7. Fourth quarter, Colorado looked like he was going to try to make it interesting. Uh, Got a touchdown, Steven Montez to Daniel Arias for 27 yards. And then uh, got the two-point conversion, cut it to 31-15. But then the rest of the way, all Utes. To round out the Hallandale Trio on senior day, Zach Moss went for a yard for the touchdown, and then, oh wait, Brant Keithy? Brant Keithy, another rushing touchdown. I really love this fly sweep that they've that they've introduced with uh, with Keithy running the rock, man. The dude's got moves, the dude is fast, and the dude hits hard, man. So I'm gonna tell you what, it's it, he's a blast to watch, and that dude is just scoring in chunks, man. He's been, he, he's emerged, and uh, as, as, a, as a threat, not only in the air, but on the ground, and his blocks are always, he's, he's blocking, he, he's, he's blocking like a mofo. Now, you know, throughout the season, he's had a couple of key drops, but he's young. He's getting it, he, he's getting it figured out. And man, is he a fun weapon to have. So final score, 45-15. Utes going away. As is the, you know, senior day tradition, they let the fans down on the field. So I was down there. We were, we were milling around a little bit. And uh, it was, it, I'm not, this is, a, you know, kind of one of those, oh, Matt's going to get all sentimental and shit. So, you know, at the tailgate, we're all, you know, as, as, the, as, as the different groups are getting ready to head in, um, went to say goodbye to, to uh, Tiff Marrero and, uh, and, and Megan and, uh, and, and Mara and, the, and Noah Rodriguez's family, Solomon Enos's family, um, you know, because these are folks that I've, 
uh, gotten to know uh, over the last couple of seasons now at the tailgates. Uh, we look forward to seeing them every week. And as they were heading in to go to go file in to, for, for the senior presentations and everything, it was this kind of this emotional moment. It's like, I'm, I'm, that's it. I don't get a tailgate at, on the guardsmen any next year. Please don't transfer. Um, but uh, we were able to find uh, Tiff and the gang d- and uh, down on the uh, down on the field after the game, and uh, Ryan and I got to got to meet Solomon. Finally, hadn't met him yet. Um, dude's tall. Dude, dude is tall. And and man, so mellow, soft spoken. It's like you. He's a he's a beast, man. He's an assassin on the field. But you talk to him, and he's just such just just a such a a, a well spoken, polite young man. And I can't say enough nice things about him. So. Solomon, please don't transfer. You're a hell of a blocker, and you're going to get yours. And that's what we face now, you know, with, with, with the wealth of, you know, embarrassment of riches that the Utes have. Man, you just, you, I don't even want to think about it right Let's not even think about that shit right now, because guess what? We've got the Oregon Ducks. And just, just a little, uh, you, for me to you, if you call it Oregon around somebody from Oregon, they're going to get pissed. It's kind of like somebody that doesn't like the word moist. If you say moist and keep saying moist because they hate the word moist. It's kind of like that. So next time you run into an Oregonian, tell them how good that Oregon team is. That you really like watching them Oregon Ducks and watch them lose their shit. You know, public service announcement from your friends at War Party U. Because we care. Well... You know that was the that, that was our Saturday, and it got cold in the stadium, and it never snowed. It didn't. The wind never picked up. I did have to chip some ice off of that bench, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was cold. But you know, by the end of the game, we were able to sneak our way down in and actually watch the last few minutes of the game from right inside the mus, and that was a good time, man. Great bunch of kids, loud, and I gotta give them props. They've they I, I've called them out a couple of times this season for looking weak. But when the seniors, senior day came, last game of the year, Pac-12 South title on the line, they brought it. So, tip of the hat to the Muss. More War Party you coming up. Stick around. Don't touch that dial. Surprise, surprise, we are back at it on War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin of UteZone.com, and I am hanging out with Matt and Ryan, and we are talking all things University of Utah football. If you are under a rock and you missed it, Utah clinched the South Division title for a second straight year, beating up on the Colorado Buffaloes, their their quote-unquote rival in the Pac-12, 45-50. Fifteen, uh, and for a while there, I, it looked like maybe Colorado had some momentum, but Utah snatched that away pretty quick, which I don't think was super surprising to anyone. Really, when all is said and done, uh, I, I think we've talked ad nauseum about how this Utah team typically operates, and and it always does kind of feel like they fill things out with their opponent. And then they just take it all away. Uh, so 
with that with that being said uh let's just take a look here and and just kind of go through the colorado game as a review uh you know it was senior night it was cold as all get out uh and and you know what there was a pretty good turnout for for this senior class there's 19 seniors that utah said goodbye to that played their last game at rice heckle stadium and a lot of them had a pretty amazing farewell if you will uh it's i i just i don't i don't know i don't know what what you can really say about about these kids that you know bought in and gave gave everything that they possibly could have to the program you know and and i think it really it it does start with lecky foto and bradley and i and zach moss and julian blackman you know deciding collectively I will probably individually first and then kind of collectively as a group that they wanted to come back and that they had some unfinished business that they wanted to take this Utah team to this place. And then on top of that, you have your senior quarterback in Tyler Huntley that I I think just completely bought into everything. Uh, he he was just ready to drink from the the fountain of Andy Ludwig and and learn as much as he could and improve as much as he could in the off season. And you know, 2019 we've just we've seen the fruits of all that labor. And like I said, I think it really it starts with those those five guys, and it just it kind of trickles down to everybody else whether we're talking about Derek Vickers or uh you know John Penasini, Josh Nurse, uh Darren Paulo, you know, it it's just it's been such Damari Simpkins, it's it's just been such a remarkable amazing collective effort, collective run. And and these kids, they they were absolutely fantastic to finish out at home and, and clinch the South and, and stamp their ticket to Santa Clara this week. So, I mean, oh, we just kind of quickly looking at the stats from last week. You know, LaVisca Chenault for the Buffs was kind of the, the big threat. Um, he's, he's their big offensive weapon and you know the Utah defense once again kind of did what they always do and they they took him away and made him ineffective for Colorado Steven Steven Montez you know whether he was handing the ball off to LaVisca or trying to pass pass to him he he just really didn't do a whole lot on the day rushing you know, five attempts, 25 yards, uh, and then receiving four four catches for 43 yards. So, you know, compared to what he normally does, uh, he was very, very quiet. Uh, and then, you know, Steven Montez, the kid was sacked five times, um, you know, got, got two touchdowns, 
and and had 157 yards on the day but I it just you like I said Utah's defense went out and they did what they needed to do and there were some nerves early on and and it maybe you know took this team a little bit longer to rally than than usual and and I don't know I'm going to guess it was just the emotions of of it all, of, you know, saying goodbye, of that being the last time, and I think maybe needing to just get that out of their system for a minute there. Uh, you know, let's look over at at the Utah side of things. I mean, I think first of all, we need to start with Bradley and I, who tied the Utah all-time sack record. Uh, he shares the top title right now with Hunter Dimmick with, I believe it's 29 and a half career sacks. Um, and he has a great opportunity to break that record this week against the Oregon Ducks, which we'll get into maybe a little bit more in the next segment. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley, once again, not a ton of attempts, but the attempts that he did make, he was very efficient per usual. Uh, 14 of 17, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was sacked twice. The The offensive line was a little leaky to start, but they seemed to kind of tighten that up a bit. And, you know, the, the rest is history from there. Uh, they really, really keyed in on Zach Moss. Zach Moss wasn't as effective as he's typically been. He still was the lead rusher for the Utes. Uh, 20 carries, 88 yards, one touchdown. Uh but he was held to kind of a low average per carry, 4.4 yards per carry. But, you know, the Buffaloes really paid for trying trying to really key in on Zach. And and they got beat up by a bunch of other people, whether it was Jalen Dixon or Tyler Huntley or Brant Keithy, Derek Vickers, you know, they're sending anybody and everybody at them and so it was like yeah you can stop Zach Moss but you know are you going to have an answer for when we rush our tight end are you going to have an answer for when we rush a couple of our receivers our really speedy receivers maybe you know you're going to have a problem with some of our other running backs or our quarterback and it just it it made for a really tough day overall for for the buffaloes and and the game did eventually get out of hand for them so kudos to the utes and they are going to be heading up to the bay area the yay area to take on oregon which is kind of the matchup we all thought we would see kind of towards the beginning of the year and and it looks like it's it's gonna live up to the ticket and and be a good matchup so we'll get into a little bit of that in the next segment we're taking a break here this is war party you and we'll be back at it
Let's take a final look at the last week of Pac-12 action around the league. Of course, we all know what happened at Rice Eccles Stadium on Saturday night after a little bit of a slow start. You straight took care of it. We can talk a lot more about that today, obviously. On Friday night in Seattle, Washington wins the Apple Cup 31 13 over Washington State. Mike Leach pitched a fit, and wow. So Washington State finishes at 6 6. Washington is 7 5. Hey, both are going bowling. But neither one will be going far. Neither one lit anybody up this year. Both very disappointing seasons, I think, in, in both in Washington and in Pullman. Both had aspirations for, for, for grandeur. Both were, you know, in, in picked by some to, to, to win the North this year, albeit you know, Washington State is more of a dark horse pick. But, uh, yeah, so there it goes. A little in the Pac-12 North. Of course, Utah over Colorado on Saturday, 45-15. Colorado ends up 5-7. No bowling. Utah 11-1. Yes, bowling. In the Civil War, the Ducks took care of the Beavers 24-10. Didn't look great doing it. I mean, come on, man. At Autzen, Civil War. I expect more from you, Oregon. We're going to get more from Oregon, I think. We're going to get their best shot on Saturday, so don't you even worry about that there. Stanford, no bowling for you either. Stanford falls at home to number 16, Notre Dame, 45-24. to The Territorial Cup, 24-14 for Arizona State over the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona State finishes at 7-5. And, and yes, bowling, no bowling for you, Bear Down Bearcats whatever you're choosing to call yourselves. Wildcats. That's pretty original. Not too many teams named the Wildcats. So, hmm. And finally, Cal over UCLA, 28-18 in the Rose Bowl Stadium. Cal, 7-5 on the year. Bowling, UCLA 4-8 clap. No bowling. So there you go. The season is done. There is no, there is no conference preview of the of, of the next week's slate of games. There is one lone game on the schedule, and that is after your new college football playoff polls were released. Number five, Utah, at eleven and one, eight and one in conference, takes on number thirteen, Oregon, ten and two overall, eight and one in the conference. Utah currently favored by six. The line opened up at about six and a half, I think, so it's come down just a bit. But uh, there you go. And goodness gracious, it's going to be a brawl. Looking forward to it. The final standings, uh, you know, for the for the conference this year, obviously, um, obviously Utah and Oregon win their respective divisions. And hey, man, back to back South champs. Outright, no asterisk, no shared title with USC going instead of us because of the head-to-head or anything. Although that head-to-head, the tiebreak for who is the home team in the conference championship game is you know your record against common opponents, 
And what it came down to was that USC is ranked higher than Arizona State. Um, and since uh, since Oregon beat USC and USC lo- and Utah lost to USC, that, that's the win that puts Oregon in as the home team. So the Utes will be rocking the straight whites. I love that uniform combo. It looks clean. It's the same uni combo that Utah wore in 2015 when they went up to Autzen and spanked the Ducks' little bare ass. So I like it. I like how it's setting up. Works for me. Would have really liked to see that red and green uh, home jerseys against home jerseys in that thing, man. That would have looked sick, especially, you know, considering the holiday season. But then, you know, what if you're red, green, colorblind, man? That would be a hell of a tough game to try to figure out. So, you know, we're looking out for you, colorblind nation. In the north, Ducks come in running. Oh, man, they ran away with the division. Uh, eight and one in the conference. Nobody, every, nobody else was even close. He had uh, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington coming in at four and five. Wazoo and Stanford at three and six. A um, little bit tighter in the South. Utah comes in at eight and one. USC ranked twenty second now, by the way, seven and two. Um, and then you have uh, UCLA and Arizona State coming in at four and five. Colorado three and six, and Arizona Arizona Wildcats pulling up the rear, two and seven in conference. What a miserable year. What a hell of a way for Khalil Tate to go out. No Heisman, no bowl game. Goodbye. So there it is, man. Wow, we got through it. And you know, I'll be, you know, it'll be, it's going to be fun in the coming weeks to see, you know, as the, as the bowl situation clarifies itself, of course, we've got championship weekend coming up starting Friday night with the Pac-12 championship game. And then we'll have the, the final college football playoff rankings released on Sunday. And then once that picture is clear, all of those bowl bids start coming in. So a lot of football to be played yet, folks, some really, really good football. And we're going to talk about that like we do. There's more War Party U coming up, so stick around. Michelle's going to give us her insights, and I'll be back. You know I will, because that's just how we do it. Thanks for coming in. You are listening to the sultry sounds of War Party You. This is Michelle Bodkin with UteZone.com hanging out with Matt and Ryan. And we are talking everything having to do with Utah football. The Utes have a really, really big game this week. It's it's for all the marbles, at least all the marbles as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. Uh, last week, they clinched the South title for the second straight season in a row. And they are on their way to Levi Stadium in Santa Clara to take on the 13th ranked Oregon Ducks. Or excuse me, I think they're actually 14th. I think I was looking at the AP. Uh, anyways, the, the teen ranked Ducks. Uh, and if, if you been, haven't been watching this season, you know, it, it looked like... Oregon and Utah were both both going to head into 
this matchup is one loss teams both in the top 10 of the college football playoff poll and Oregon had a very very unfortunate slip up against Arizona State which if you if you remember Utah kind of manhandled them when they came and visited Salt Lake but for whatever reason the Sun Devils had Oregon's number and you know they slipped up so Oregon's now a two-loss team they are out of the college football playoff uh, equation but they still have a lot to play for you know uh, for pride's sake obviously you're always going to want to have that that Pac-12 title to your name uh, and I mean really either either way if they win or lose to Utah, uh, they're going to the Rose Bowl. But I mean, you always want to look better heading into that sort of thing. So, um, and and my feeling on the Oregon Ducks, like they they are talented. They are very very talented. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it was probably about mid October that I really started to come to the conclusion and felt very strongly that I do think without a doubt Utah is the better team of of the two and that's not to say that Utah can't lose to Oregon they absolutely could lose to Oregon Oregon can beat anybody on a good day but that's just it like they have to play their best game and in the last couple of weeks between Arizona State and they had a bit of an emotional roller coaster type game with their their heated rival in the Civil War with uh, the Oregon State Beavers Uh, that I think was much closer than many were anticipating it to be, but, uh, you know, so it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how this Ducks team responds. Uh, Justin Herbert's one of the top quarterbacks in the country and, and rightfully so I, he's someone that I personally don't get crazy, crazy excited about, but he does a lot of things really well, uh, you know, it, as far as keeping the turnovers down, making smart decisions, he's usually very on the ball about that. Um, and, and, and he can make some awesome, awesome, awesome throws, you know, when given the time, which behind his offensive line, that's like hardly ever a problem or an issue for them. Oregon's boasting one of the best offensive lines uh, in the nation and uh, you know, in large part, that that's due to a local product. Uh, one of the Sewell brothers is is up in Oregon, up in Eugene, and uh, he very easily could be one of the best left tackles in the country, if not the best left tackle in the country. So, I mean, he he really shores up that line, um, and defensively. Oregon is number two in the Pac-12, so I mean, there are no slouches on that side of the ball either. Uh, They have probably the best defensive backs in in the league outside of what Utah is toting around, so I mean, it's going to be a very, very interesting game, but I think what this game is ultimately going to come down to is who wins in the trenches and you know you've got two teams that are 
pretty, pretty dang good, pretty dang loaded on, on their offensive and defensive lines. I think the big key matchup is going to be Utah's defensive line against Oregon's offensive line. I think, I think that's where the real, you know, ringer competition is going to be coming in. Uh, and, and that could be, you know, where the game game is won or lost for either team. Some other things to keep in mind as you're watching is uh, the weather forecast is nasty for Santa Clara and the Bay Area this weekend. Uh, it's supposed to just rain nonstop. Uh, the 49ers field, which is where they're playing the game, is a grass field, so it the potential for it to just be a muddy, nasty, awful mess is through the roof. Uh, and and. I've always said weather can be a great equalizer when when you have two teams going into a game, you know, and, and especially if one appears to maybe be a little bit more dominant than the other one. Uh, weather, weather can take that all away very easily. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because the other night doing Ute's own radio asked for a prediction of this game and while I I feel very confident that Utah wins I think I just again I think they're better I think I think when these kids say that they have unfinished business they really mean that they have unfinished business and they're going to take care of it and nothing's going to stop them or get in their way Uh, I still think you know Oregon's good enough uh, and, and the weather, I think, is going to be nasty enough that it, 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 it could be a little bit more challenging than maybe some of the other games that we've seen throughout the season. And that's not to say that once you kind of go looking through all the stats that it doesn't become clear that Utah really controlled the narrative of the game at the end of it, but the score just may not be reflective of that. I think I said I was expecting like a 28-24 type game. But uh, then, then Paul Feinbaum happened, and es- essentially, to to put this all in a nutshell, he he got on national TV and said Utah absolutely did not deserve to be the fourth team in the college football playoff if LSU beat Georgia on Saturday, and. The only reason he could give was because the nation doesn't want to see Utah because it's Utah. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's very lazy, obtuse analysis. Uh, and, and to, to be fair, in all fairness, Paul's area of expertise is the SEC and that's mainly what he sticks to. Uh, you know, his, his deal is not doing national analysis. It's, it's feeding the SEC machine and the ESPN narrative that the SEC is, is the greatest conference in all of college football. So, I mean, he really was doing what he's paid to do in this instant. The issue is... If any anybody recalls 2008, very similar things were said about a very similarly built Utah team and 
um, they they kind of caused all hell to break loose and things got really interesting and they ended up manhandling Alabama who nobody literally nobody gave gave them a shot you know they're not talented enough they're not this they're not that it's just Utah because it's Utah type stuff and frankly they kicked ass I they kicked Alabama's teeth in in the first quarter and never looked back Alabama never had a lead in that game uh Utah was just that Utah team was just out to make a point prove a point uh and and make sure that everybody knew that uh, they were the real deal that year and I I think Fine Boss set this team up to to potentially do a very similar thing. And so now I'm starting to see and feel a narrative where maybe this game isn't as close as as I initially thought it would be. I I could so see this Utah team just going off on Oregon and again really proving a point and um on Twitter, I joked about it being the the Alice Cooper special, giving giving Oregon the Alice Cooper special. Which, again, in fairness, Oregon didn't really do anything or say anything, you know, to provoke that. But you know, I think I think when Whittingham gets doubted, I think when his guys get doubted, and especially when they're the caliber of which we have seen this year, the caliber of which we've seen in two thousand eight the caliber of which we've seen in 2004 it gets personal and and they go out for blood and so that's another interesting development that's come up with this game and you know we we shall just see how how this maybe plays out and it should be a wild ride, but uh, Ute fans, just just enjoy this ride and enjoy everything about it and take it in and relish it and whatever happens, you know, happens in Santa Clara, but what a freaking journey this 2019 season's been and hopefully, hopefully there's a few more memories to be made down the road, so we, we shall see. Stay tuned. All right, guys, you've been listening to War Party U. I'm signing off because I've got an early, early flight and I need to get some sleep. All right, guys. Thank you, Michelle, for giving us your insight and your perspective. It has been a breath of fresh air for me this season. Uh, I look forward to continued working with you uh, on War Party U, seeing you at the tailgates and whatnot. Thank you for all that. Well, we're here, and I'm uh, I'm Maddie, and I'm back. Uh, we're gonna look at this matchup now. You know, Utah, Oregon. Uh, Michelle did a great job breaking that down. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot more I can say. Uh, obviously, a lot on the line. This is what these seniors came back for. This shot at another conference title. Uh, another shot at a conference title, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, as are usually the games this time of year when Utah is, 
is is you know is play is the same thing last year. Every game is the biggest game in program history, and and even more so this weekend because you know a win over Oregon by one point or by 31 points means that Utah has won its first conference championship in the Pac in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, 10 years removed from 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 breaking into the big boy conferences, uh, a little bit longer than that since you know we were the back the the two-time bcs busters and we just keep on proving the haters wrong utah was the first team to bust the bcs first 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 one to play with the big boys and win on the big stage did it again on an even bigger stage against alabama in the sugar bowl um then got the call up to the pac-12 and i had to build man and 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 here we are knocking on the door of of, of breaking the mold once again. And what better team to do it than this one? What better squad than Utah? You know, I, I think that the the playoff rankings are, 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 are lining up nicely. Um, if uh, LSU takes care of business against Georgia um, in, uh, in Atlanta on Saturday, um, you know, for that SEC championship game, then, uh, you know, two losses, Georgia would not, you know, stay in the top four over a one-loss P5 conference champion. They're just not going to do that. So the question is, you know, if LSU beats Georgia, let's just assume Oklahoma and Utah both win. Does a win over number seven Baylor in the Big 12 championship trump a Utah win over a number 13 Oregon in the Pac-12 championship enough to vault Oklahoma over Utah into that four spot? And, you know, it remains to be seen. It's not going to shock me if it happens, but I think that the committee would have put Oklahoma ahead of Utah uh, before now, if it, if that were the case. So I think that they're setting it up so that um, you know, so that so so that so, so Utah can get in with a win over Oregon. You know, it's gonna. I think it's gonna have to be a resounding win. I think that Utah's gonna have to keep on steamrolling. Um, but you know, it, once again, we'll be on the national stage. Once again, style points matter, and uh, and I'm just I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked for that for that ball game man uh, you know honestly you know if you look at it it's really not you know the the, the you know the teams match up man it's going to be a brawl uh you know because if you look at their you know the, the 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 points per game they are within 2.2 points per game of each other offensively oregon slightly better right now 35.8 points per game utah 35.6 Utah about four and a half points better on defense, but still Oregon is stingy. They're they only, they're only giving up 15.8 points a game. Utah 11.3 um, total yards within a yard and a third of each other. Utah slightly outgaining Oregon on average yards 453.6 to 452.3. I mean, you know, where Utah does have a decided advantage is uh, rushing yards on the season, but flip that around and Oregon's got a marked advantage on the passing side um but then uh you know defensively is where you really see it as far as uh uh the yard total yards allowed Utah's giving up about 90 less yards a game um 40 or so of that in the pass and 50 of it uh on the ground so you know I'm looking at how these two teams are playing though and I have to think man Utah is firing on all cylinders they're only getting better and they're only, you know, they they're they're only looking up and up. Whereas Oregon, you know, had that stretch. They they eked out one against Wazoo, 
They destroyed USC. They thumped Arizona, but then they go and lose to ASU and were not terribly convincing in their win over Oregon State. So who knows, you know, and with all the bulletin board material coming to the Utes locker room this week, man, you know, sky's the limit here. Sky's the limit. So we're just going to hang back. We're going to, we're going to wait for, we're going to wait for five Pacific, six mountain on Friday. And we are going to watch our Utes in the conference championship game again. And I've got a feeling that this time it's going to be a much different result. I just feel like Utah is going to win this thing and not, not by a little. I think that it's going to, I think that, uh, you know, the current spread six points, it's coming down a little bit from six and a half. Uh, a little bit of money going the Ducks' way on that line, but I think Utah beats the spread. In fact, I think Utah wins by two scores. Um, but I am drinking the Kool-Aid, and I will freely admit that. So, you know, don't think you're getting some unbiased, objective opinion from Matty Aces because when he starts th- talking in the third person, psh, you know the shit's getting real. So, there you go. It's all there, man. It's all there. So, enjoy these chances to watch our boys play. Insanely jealous of all... All of my friends that are hitting Santa Clara for this game on Friday. And uh, I'm cooking up a little watch party at Fiddler's Elbow in Sugar House uh, with a few of the tailgating crew that are not making the, the, the trip to, uh, to, to to Santa Clara. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to do, we'll, we'll, we'll go live for Fiddler's Elbow on Friday evening uh, a few times and, uh, and you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be loud, it's gonna be boisterous, it's gonna be a good time. I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to Larry, Kay, and the Utah men's basketball team. Coming back from 16 down, trailing the whole game, taking BYU to overtime and beating that ass. We own you! Oh! <laughs> Yeah, that put me in a good mood, man. Good mood. So, who knows, man? Young Hoop Squad, a lot of talent. And, you know, and if we can keep half the team from transferring every year, uh, we've got the the, the basis for, for, for quite a run here, especially with the recruits Larry's got coming in next year. Things are looking up. Hopefully, finally, uh, I have to think that if it if if the next couple of years things aren't markedly better, that they you know it kind of feels like they're just waiting for Larry's buyout to be cheap enough that they can afford to buy a good coach. So, I believe in Larry K. I think he's going to get this ship righted. I think he's going to get him on the right track. But then again, I thought that about one Jim Boylan. So that shows you my ability to judge coaches, right? Hey man, I like to get behind them. I like to, uh, you know, I'm 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 not a I'm not a huge uh, complainer. I'm not a I'm not a fire wit guy. I'm not a fire Larry guy. Uh, I think that people that know a lot more than 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 I do about that kind of thing are making the decisions, and I trust them to make the right ones. I think Mark Harlan is making the right decisions for this athletic program. So, put my trust in him, and and whatever goes goes, man. And the youth will always have my support, no matter what, no matter what. Well, there it is. I'll be right back to uh, wrap this bad boy up and uh, take a look at what's to come. So stick around and I'll see you in a minute. All right. Don't go nowhere. I know where you live. Yeah, you. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, that does it for another edition and the final regular season edition of War Party U for the 2019 season. I'd like to thank Michelle Bodkin and Ryan Boyce uh, for another great season of War Party U. Um, really looking forward to the postseason and what that brings. We'll be, uh, we'll be throwing down an episode next week where we will talk about the postseason. Uh, you know, Selection Sunday, uh, after all of the conference championship games, we're going we're gonna to have a lot better idea of things. And, uh, man, you know, it could be college football playoff. It could be the Rose Bowl. You know, it could slip all the way to the Alamo Bowl. You know, who knows? Um, you know, like to think that we might sneak into the Cotton but if, you know, if we lost, but you know, hey, you know, to win on Friday and take care of business. Win on Friday and let the selection committee do what the selection committee gonna do. Because, you know, I'll tell you what. Here's 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 how it breaks down for me. From you know, and, and I'll paraphrase for my good friend Ryan Boyce here that basically Utah and Oklahoma both win on their conference titles, and Oklahoma jumps Utah. It's just proving that the CFP is a brand whore. And it really, you know, it, it really is a slight step up from the BCS, but not a big one. But let's get in. Let's get in and make some noise. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the, the bull shakedown and, and what's going on. And, and man, we'll look at some postseason football for the Utes and uh, reminisce about the season that was. Hey, thanks for joining us. As always, I'm Matty Bumbo. Matty Aces, find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter. We are all over social media, War Party U, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Michelle Bodkin, Bodkin247, find her on Twitter. Ryan Boyce on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're everywhere, man. Find us. And uh, you want some real insight, some really good analysis, make sure you check out Ute Zone Podcast. Michelle and the boys do a fantastic job. They are one of my favorites, so... On that note, thank you to the Utah Pig Bus for a fantastic season of tailgating. Thank you to Albert Gamboa and the Shasta crew. Thank you to Ute Fan Faithful and Travis Vallejo. Man, what a great season we've had. And I'm counting the days until September 5th, 2020, when we're back on that tailgate lot, mixing it up again. Um, It is a sad, sad, you know, bittersweet time when you hit that final tailgate and it's over and, and you... and you've got the memories you're happy it happened but man you look forward to the next so on to the next this is war party you as always be good to each other be good to yourselves and go utes oh thank you